0: it 's great to see you uh, it 's been a little while since i 've been up at Bexley North on a Sunday morning. Uh, I had at the start of the year I had uh, great plans to preach at Bexley North more often uh, and to teach you not to put your trust in men but in Jesus alone. Uh, that went really well for the first three months of the year and then uh, one of our assistants at Carlton, Mike, uh, went to take a role as a senior minister somewhere else. Uh, and uh, all my well-laid plans went the way of the way things go, I suppose. Uh, but it is wonderful to be here and uh, the hope is uh, that we can structure the preaching program next year so I can be at Bexley North more often. Uh, you can decide if that's a good thing or not, I'll let you decide that. But I'm here today because uh, every November I try and get around all the different uh, congregations of St George North uh, and I try and come just to do three things. The, the first is just to remind us uh, what we are on about as God's church here in the St George area, that's the first thing. Uh, secondly, to share something of what God has been doing over the last 12 months to encourage you uh, and uh, then thirdly, just to share some plans about what God willing might happen over the next 12 months as well. Uh, so that is what we're doing today. So uh, i might pray for us as we begin. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the wonderful joy and privilege it is to be a part of your people here. Uh, we thank you for this congregation and uh, for the joy it is to meet together as your people, to learn from your word, to spend time in prayer together and to spur one another on as disciples of Jesus. We pray that this time together this morning might be encouraging as well as challenge us to think about what it means to be a part of your people here. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, a few weeks ago, we had our fourth uh, welcome afternoon tea for the year uh, and the idea of our welcome afternoon teas is to invite people from all the different congregations of St George North who've joined us to to come. Sometimes uh, at those we have about 20 new people, sometimes there's three or four new people uh, and uh, I tell people there those gatherings are my favourite times of the year and I'm I am sometimes prone to exaggeration but I'm not exaggerating when I say that. Uh, in fact, uh, Josh is going to host the first one of those next year uh, to try and encourage more people from Bexley North to come along to those. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, but they're great, and I, I love those afternoons for a number of reasons. Firstly, and obviously, we get to welcome new people to be a part of our church, and I get to meet people who I've not had the chance to meet who've come and joined St George North. So if you've never been along to one of those, come along next year. Even if you've been here a thousand years, come along. To one of them next year, if you've not been to one. Uh, because that is the most wonderful thing to, uh, to greet people who have come to our church, especially if they are people who've come to know Jesus as their Lord and Saviour. Because in the end, that's what it's all about, isn't it? Uh, the other reason I love them though is I get to talk about what we're on about as a church. Uh, and often what I find is the old timers, as I call them, who come along, Uh, the old timers don't take offense at that if that's you. Uh, they come up to me afterwards and actually say it was great to come to this because it just reminds me about the key things we're on about. Uh, it's amazing how many times people say, I find it so easy to get distracted and forget what we're on about, forget why we do what we do as a church. And, uh, if I get distracted and I'm the senior minister, then I'm sure you get distracted as well. So it's so easy to forget what it is to be a part of God's church, what he wants us to do here in the St George area and especially at Bexley North today. Uh, our vision statement as a church is not groundbreaking, it's not even really specific to a church at Bexley North or Carlton or Bexley, it really just tries to capture what we think any church should be on about and what any church, uh, what God desires it should be and do and so the heart of what God desires for us and come up on the screen is that we be on about glorifying God. Uh, That is actually, that should be your mission statement, just as a human being. Uh, That is why God made you. He made you for his glory. Earlier in the year, we studied the book of Romans. I hope you remember what we studied a few months ago, but we studied the book of Romans. And in Romans chapter one and two, it tells us that the essence of sin is to live not for the glory of God is to live and not give thanks to God and not recognize God for who he is. And so when God saves us from our sin, it is so that we might then be what we are meant to be, uh, do what we're meant to do, which is glorify him. But God's glory is not just our individual reason for being, it's also then why he calls us together as his church. And in fact, you cannot glorify God as an individual if you are not a part of his church. It's interesting, that that sounds outlandish but it's true, you you cannot glorify God just by being an individual because God's desire for every human being is that they would come and be a part of the body of Christ, be a part of his church and so the reason God has saved a people for his very own, the reason he calls us together as his family is to bring glory to him. I always love it when I see Christians have that, that sort of a Copernican revolution in their mind you know Copernicus is the guy who worked out the sun doesn't revolve around the earth the other way did I get that right yes yeah my science is not strong but he worked out that the earth revolves around the sun and it's amazing when Christians have that sort of a revolution and sometimes it happens the day we become a Christian sometimes it actually takes a while for us to work it out where we work out I don't live for myself anymore my job is not the most important thing about me my what I do out, out there is not the most important thing and we realize I am not the center of God's plans not even my family is not the center we stop thinking of ourselves at the center and instead we see it's God's glory that matters we are made to glorify God our church exists to glorify God you know Old Testament reading before and it'll come up on the screen so you don't have to flick around your Bible but Isaiah 43 Uh, God prophesied about bringing his people together from every corner of the globe. And this is what he says. He says, bring my sons from far away and my daughters from the ends of the earth, everyone called by my name and created for my glory. That was true of Israel. That was true of the Old Testament people of God. And it's true of the church. We are sons and daughters of God created and gathered to live our lives for God's glory. Look at how Peter talks about how a Christian should live, 1 Peter 4, 11. It says, if anyone speaks, it should be as one who speaks God's words. If anyone serves, it should be from the strength God provides. And then it says, so that God may be glorified through Jesus Christ in everything. To him belong the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. So that's why we exist. It's why you exist as an individual. It's why we exist as a church together when we work when we play when we sleep when we eat whatever we do is to bring glory to God uh, both by what we do and how we do it but most fundamentally we bring glory to God by responding to Jesus the way God wants us to if we can go back to that one Peter four slide thanks Uh, do you see it there it's through Jesus Christ in everything that God is glorified our most fundamental way of glorifying God is by responding rightly to Jesus in faith and in repentance so as a church we glorify God by doing and being the things Jesus wants us to be and do and so our mission statement attempts to crystallize that into three things God wants us to do firstly we glorify God by proclaiming Jesus as that where that next slide comes up thank you there we go so in the book of 1 Peter we're given this incredible picture of what we are as the church. Look at 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 9, it says, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his possession. Just look at that verse, that that is what I call the, the great hidden reality of the church, the great hidden reality. We look around and we see a group of really normal people, if anything, we can sometimes see the faults even more because out in our world, you don't get together with people who are different to you. you. You only choose people you would naturally get along with and like. That's not what the church is. The church draws people together from all sorts of different backgrounds, all sorts of different likes and dislikes. So sometimes we look at the church and we can see the weakness of these people gathered here. But God looks and he says, this is my most prized position this here, this thing gathered here on a Sunday morning is my most prized possession. Just like the people who are gathered now at, at Carlton, that is God's most prized possession. Just like the people at 4.30 here on a Sunday afternoon or people at other churches, that is my most prized possession. And he says, I've pulled them together for a purpose. Look again, he says, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his possession. And if we go on, so that You may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of darkness into his marvellous light. Why has God chosen you? Why has God redeemed you? Or more correctly, why has God chosen us together? Why has God redeemed us together? So that, together with everyone else here, we might declare his praises. To put it another way, so that we might glorify God by proclaiming Jesus. That's why we exist. And in a way, who you proclaim God's praises to doesn't matter. So what he, when he says that, he doesn't have a specific audience in mind. The idea is you declare God's praises, we declare God's praises to anyone and to everyone. We declare God's praises to each other. When we, when we pray aloud together, when we sing God, as we did, as we, we started the service before, uh, we declare God's praises to God when we pray and when we sing and when we express our thankfulness but most importantly we declare God's praises to and in the world that's our task as God's people we proclaim Jesus to the world we tell anyone who will listen what God has done for us in Christ Jesus back at the big day out earlier in the year I'm kidding you my feels like an eternity ago March 2023 doesn't it but do you remember back at the big day out earlier in the year I hope you do now just going to warn you here, a couple of amens about some of these exciting things mightn't go astray, but you know, just, uh, okay. At the big day out, earlier in the year, I shared how amazing it was, Do you remember I shared, in 2022, 64 people, guests, not including you, 64 guests came to the life course in in 2022. Uh, it was by far the most, I shared, I said, I've been here nearly 20 years, I'm much closer to that now, I, I'm exaggerating less now when I say that, the... We, the most by far we have ever seen in any one year and we met a couple of them who became Christians and if you were there and I pray you were uh, you, you would remember Megan in the middle there uh, and it was just a great story that's her two friends who she played netball with and they were talking after netball and she they invited her to church and then they invited her to the life course and she became a Christian how wonderful is that that is, that is what it's all about can I tell you this year at the life course Megan invited her parents along and they have become Christians. How wonderful is that? Isn't, that is the great, that's why we do, that's why we're here, it's what we're, what we're on about. Uh, I just think that's absolutely amazing. Uh, well last week, uh, or actually the week before, I was talking to Avril uh, and I was trying to, I was thinking I've got to help manage Avril, who's part of our ministry team, manage her disappointment at the fact that we probably won't won't have had as many people at the life course this year and I, I said Look, it's still been a great year, it's still been really encouraging even though we've had less people come along to the life course and everyone said what are you talking about? She said this year there have been 70 guests come to the life course across the year and it's still running on a Sunday afternoon at Carlton. Do you know two weeks ago there were 50 people there and 20 of those were guests. Isn't that amazing? People, people sort of think, hey, I was talking to someone the other day and they say, oh, the soil is hard in Sydney. People don't want to hear about Jesus. That is just not true. It's just not true. It's a lie. The soil might be hard amongst, you know, people from the eastern suburbs who think they went to youth group years ago and so forth. The soil is not hard amongst my neighbours. They want to hear about Jesus. They're interested in hearing about Jesus. I want to encourage you in that. And in fact, as I say, that course is still running, so who knows how many people will go today. I love the fact that here at Bexley North, back in Term 2, in total, 29 guests came. Across the Tuesday morning and the Tuesday night, 29 guests came at least once uh, and heard about how to find life in Jesus. Isn't that wonderful? Praise God for that. Don't be don't be one of those Anglicans that sits there and goes, oh, yeah, that's what I say. <laughs> Praise God for it, you know. Like, this is what it's about. I praise God for it. I also praise God because that is a real sign of the health of our church. It's a sign that even here amongst us, amongst the saints at Carlton, everywhere we are, people are praying, people are looking to proclaim Jesus. That is worth praising God for. So I want to encourage you, keep up that zeal for proclaiming Jesus. I'm going to come back to number two, growing disciples, because I want to finish there. The third part of our vision, moving on, uh, is that we would be serving together. And the verse I read out at every welcome afternoon tea, basically what I'm doing is doing a welcoming afternoon tea for the whole church over the next two weeks. But uh, the verse I read out at the welcome afternoon tea is Mark 10, 45. And you know this verse. It says, For even the Son of Man, that's what Jesus often called himself, even the Son of Man did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. And the reason I read that verse out every time at these afternoon teas is firstly, it captures the heart of the gospel. That verse captures the heart of the message we believe and the message we want everyone to know. The truth that God sent his son into the world to pay the price for our sin. Uh, It's encapsulated so wonderfully there, a ransom price, to pay the price to set us free from our sin. Uh, That is the gospel. That's the message we believe. It's the message we preach. The second reason I read that verse out though is it captures what we want for every Christian. Uh, It captures what we want for every member of St George North uh, and what we want to be together as a church. The very essence of walking in Jesus' footsteps, that's what it is to be a disciple, the very essence of being a disciple of Jesus is to serve. It's to serve Jesus and to serve other people. I praise God when I come here to Bexley North because I think there is a real service culture here. I I don't know the percentage, but I I would imagine the percentage of people who serve in various ways in the life of this congregation is massive. You you will know better than me. Praise God, I say. But I just want to remind us all, God has given you gifts. He's given every one of his people gifts and he wants you to use them for his glory. And he wants you to use them in sacrificial ways. He, he wants you to give of yourself in his service to build up your brothers and sisters in Christ. One of the most encouraging things I see is, uh, well, there's so many encouraging things, but one, when you, when you go, come here on a Sunday morning, or when you go to the congregations at Carlton, is all those young people wearing red shirts who, who give up their Sunday morning to teach kids' church. You know, or if you, when I drop Sophie off at, uh, we've only got one left in youth group now, I'm getting old, but, uh, when I drop Sophie off on a Friday and you see those youth leaders there, giving of their time, and they have been there for hours preparing to teach teenagers of our church about Jesus. But actually, one of the most encouraging things I see is there are two women, when I go to pick Sophie up on a Friday night, two women, one from our 9am congregation at Carlton, one from our 10.30 congregation at Carlton, who come along every Friday night so that the youth leaders don't have to do all the logistical stuff. So the youth leaders don't have to be in the kitchen cooking sausage roll, whatever they eat for supper, you, you know, and just just helping out. Isn't that amazing? That is, that is what the people of God is meant to look like. People who say, I I work, all, both those women work all week, you know, but but you know what? On a Friday night, I'd rather go up there because I just love seeing teenagers come to know Jesus, grow as disciples of Jesus. That's service, that's what I want, I want you to have a vision like that. Uh, I know there, there is, as I say, this is not any sense of a rebuke, there is a wonderful service culture here but I want you to have that vision, a big vision, say, Josh, tell me, I've got these gifts, how can I use them in the service of Jesus? Uh, that's my reminder there. Final part of our mission, by the way, my sermon's in two parts today, which uh, there's going to be a song in the middle. So if you're thinking, oh, this is seeming like a short sermon, I'm sorry to have lulled you in in that way. But anyway, uh, the final part of our mission is that we glorify God by growing disciples. Now, when, uh, when we talk about that aspect, it's rightly other person focused. So as I talk about it, usually, I'm trying to say, how can we be a part of our church together growing disciples of Jesus. But I want to focus a little differently today, I want to ask you, are you growing as a disciple of Jesus? Are you growing as a disciple of Jesus? Do you remember a couple of years ago, uh, you might not even remember because for some reason they did it during COVID, we did the National Church Life Survey and it asked every member of the church uh, the data we got back from that was all sorts of weird things because it was all out of COVID and they never understand how St George North is all these different congregations and they can't work it out. But one thing that came back was a much higher percentage than the average church of people who said, I have grown as a disciple of Jesus over the last 12 months. Isn't that wonderful? That, praise God for that. But it was nowhere near 100% of people it was nowhere near 100%, it was well about 50, but it wasn't 100% of people, which really sort of saddened me. Usually I'm a glass half full guy, but on this I was a glass half empty. See, at its heart, what we want is to see every individual that makes up St George North, from the kid in Junior Kids Church through to the people at every congregation, we want every person to be growing as a disciple of Jesus. At its heart, what we want to see is you, yourself, growing as a disciple of Jesus. And that's what I want to focus on now. Uh, So I want to ask a question. What steps are you going to take to grow as a disciple of Jesus in 2024? And I'm wanting you to get very practical about this. What steps are you, don't worry about the person next to you, what steps are you, do worry about the person next to you, you know what I'm saying, (laughs) what steps are you going to take to grow as a disciple of Jesus in 2024? Do you know, as, as I was looking back over this year, uh, I think my my biggest highlight of all the highlights was the number of people who did that 40-day habit challenge that Kevin, our children's minister, wrote. who who did the 40, one or the other, that's great, that is wonderful. Uh, hundreds of people across the parish who took that chance to try to grow healthy, regular patterns of Bible reading and prayer. I'm assuming the people that didn't put up their hands didn't need any help with that. Uh, sorry, that was a bit yeah see what I really loved actually more than how many people did it what I loved was the number of conversations I had afterwards with people who talked to me a couple of months later and said I'm now in better habits of prayer I've now I now actually pray regularly where I didn't before I pray more regularly than I did before or I've taken practical steps I'm reading my Bible more regularly because in the end that is how we grow There, there are no shortcuts for growing as a disciple of Jesus see we grow as we read the scriptures as we dwell on them and pray and as we are encouraged and encourage one another in fellowship that's how we grow and that's why everything we do as a church is about those three things getting people into the scriptures encouraging people to devote themselves to prayer and encouraging true fellowship where we spur one another on as disciples of Jesus Uh, And here's the thing I just want to stress on that today. God's desire for you. You know, people throw that, what's God's desire for you? God's desire for you is really, really simple. The Bible tells you, God's desire for you, and so our desire for one another as a church, is that you will be growing in faith and knowledge and love for Jesus and for one another. If you want to know God's will for your life, there it is. God's desire for you is that you would be growing in faith and knowledge and love for Jesus and for one another. Sadly, I think too many Christians, after being a Christian for a while, stagnate. They, they have this growth spurt and then it flattens out. Sometimes it sort of meanders downhill, like one of those running streams. We get to a certain point where, if I can say this, we seem to be happy to muddle along as a Christian. Rather than actually be growing as a disciple of Jesus. So, I want to challenge every one of us today, I'm making the same challenge across all the congregations, to think honestly first of all, are you growing as a disciple of Jesus? And then, if you're not, what are you going to do to change so that you do grow in 2024? And if you are growing, how are you going to keep growing? What steps are you going to take to keep growing as a disciple of Jesus? Because that is God's desire for you. God wants you to grow. In my final minute of my sermon I'm finally getting to the Bible reading that's that is not our normal pattern Colossians chapter 1 verses 9 to 10 look at what Paul prays for Christians he says for this reason also since the day we heard this we haven't stopped praying for you we are asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding so that you may walk worthy of the Lord fully pleasing to him bearing fruit in every good work and growing in the knowledge of God They're in those verses. Please leave them up, Rebecca. They're in those. That is what God wants for you. God wants you to grow in your knowledge of him. God wants you to grow in wisdom and understanding. And he wants you to live a life worthy of the Lord. That is what God wants for you. The only question is, is that what I want for me or what you want for you? One of the things I loved, do you remember back in, uh, what term was it? We looked at the Generosity Project in our gospel teams. Is that term two or term three? Sometime back in the year. Like, this is a blur, I don't know why. But one of the things I loved about that Generosity Project book we looked at in our gospel teams is it didn't just ask questions that left you with good intentions. Did you notice that as you were reading it? It asked us to make decisions. How are you going to grow? In generosity, not just learn some vague truths about generosity, but then how are you going to grow in that area? I think that was helpful because I think many of us have a vague positive desire to grow as a disciple of Jesus, but no real intention, no real plan. Uh, see, no Christian would say, if asked, Do you want to grow as a disciple of Jesus? No Christian would say, No, I don't want to grow. If they did, there is a massive problem, and uh, we need to talk afterwards. But the question then is, well, how are you going to grow as a disciple of Jesus next year? Because if we don't take positive steps, we meander and we stagnate. Now, in the end, how we grow as a Christian is really very, very simple. The help God gives us are his word, prayer and fellowship. There's there's nothing else. That's how God gives us, they're the gifts God gives us to grow as Christians. Now in the end that's really simple so I want you to think about those things. How are you going to grow in each of those areas next year? How am I going at reading my Bible? How am I going at praying for myself? Maybe you could make a decision now to set up some daily habits. How am I going at being devoted to the fellowship of God's people? Have I let myself drift into what I call the modern Christian besetting sin? which is to not value fellowship with the people of God. How how have I I let myself drift into not devoting myself to meeting together with my brothers and sisters in Christ? Are there specific areas in my life that I need to repent of? Are there specific areas I need to grow in? Do I need to grow in thankfulness? Do I need to grow in in servant-heartedness? I could go on and on. But I just want to say, what steps do you need to take to grow as a disciple of Jesus, in the next 12 months. I'm going to pause now and I want you for one minute not to talk to the person next to you, on your own, just for one minute, I want you to sit quietly and think about one or two things you want to commit yourself to, to grow as a disciple of Jesus in 2020. It might be, I need to actually uh, work out a better plan in the morning to read the Bible every day, I've gotten out of that habit. It might be, actually, I've got to think about service. I've, I've, I've sort of gotten out of the habit of serving my brothers and sisters in Christ. It might be, I've actually got to rework out my week and actually recommit myself to fellowship. It, I don't know what it is, but what are one or two practical steps you can take next year to grow as a disciple of Jesus? I'm going to give you one minute. As I say, on your own, please. Uh, maybe jot it down. Maybe put it on your phone, but don't look at Facebook while you're putting it on your phone. And I'll bring us together in a moment. A minute's a very long time when you're standing at the front <laughs> and there's silence and staring at the, your watch go round. There you go. I hope you have taken that chance. Maybe think about it some more after church and then maybe talk about it together. How are we going to grow? Uh, in a moment, we're going to sing and then I'm going to get back up and share some things about next year and pray. as I close this part I want you to just look at Peter's final encouragement or perhaps his final command actually at the end of 2 Peter he says this he says but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ to him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity amen why don't I pray that for us right now let's pray our heavenly father we pray that we might grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ And Father, we pray that he might receive the glory, both now and to the day of eternity. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, Now I want to take the chance, just let you know, a couple of things to be thinking about as we head into next year. Uh, A couple of things to be praying about, please, and a couple of things to be excited about. Uh, First thing I want to talk about is generosity. Uh, It should come up on the screen, the next thing there. Yes. Uh, at the big day out or in the year I shared on Rob's behalf because he had to go to a wedding uh, it was a good excuse to not be at the big day out Rob it's all right but I had to share the the treasurer's report uh, about just how much our giving needed to increase to fund the things we decide under God to do and really I just want to encourage you today the response across the parish has been miraculous and I don't use that word silly if I can say that I I, I mean it very seriously uh, so much so that we've not just totally alleviated, remember earlier in the year Rob got up and shared about a $30,000 shortfall, we've not only totally alleviated that $30,000 shortfall that we had back in April or May, uh, we've actually then met our budget since then. Isn't that wonderful? Praise God for that. We, we don't like to think of money as a spiritual thing, but actually when God's people are generous, it shows they have understood the generosity of God to them. Uh, and I think where that has come from is, over the last couple of years, there's been a lot of new people join our church. Uh, in particular, our, uh, our 9am congregation at Carlton has, uh, exploded, and, and the 6.30 congregation has exploded, and there's been new, there's new people here today I haven't even met, I'm gonna meet over morning tea. Uh, and I think what it is, is many of those new people coming on board and saying, yeah, we're, we're a part of this. So praise God for that. Uh, I never stop giving thanks for that. Now, of course, uh, there'll be an increase required next year. There always is because things cost more and all that sort of thing. But I just want to encourage you by that rather than uh, anything else. And then just be, be praising God, but praying about your generosity uh, and uh, praying as we come to next year and reconsider and so forth. But praise God for that. Isn't it nice to be able to come and do an update where I'm saying praise God on the area of money. Second thing I want to talk about Is the big day out in 2024? Can everyone take out that form that's there? Uh, Now I know I'm I'm biased on this regard, but I'm not being silly when I say that. I think something special happened at our big day out uh, last year. Do we have some photos there, Rebecca? Are there some photo slides? There you go, just to remind you uh, about it. But there were uh, over there were no. I think it was 490 people, adults and children, who came together from across the parish for our big day out last year and I don't know if it was because it was the first after COVID uh, I don't know if it was because there were so many new people uh, who joined our church in the lead up you can keep flicking through the photos Rebecca there you go there's Eddie is it is that Eddie at the back I don't know is it oh there you go yes it's our brother at the back starring photo there you go uh, it, it might be, I think one of the most wonderful things was hearing all the testimonies from people who'd come to Christ or grown uh, as disciples of Jesus, keep flicking through. Uh, uh, I don't think it was the preaching, uh, I can't say, uh, but so many people have, it was definitely the food, but uh, so many people have shared that that really was one of the most encouraging days in so long. I joke about the food but someone who was from another church who was coming to help with the kids program said to me, I'm leaving my church and going to your church. We have sandwiches at our equivalent <laughs> day of this. Uh, uh, but if you were there, you will know that. And if you weren't, and I, I'm not being silly, I'm actually sad for you because you missed out. It was an incredible time. Uh, and I do want to encourage you, uh, for those who don't know, the big day out is when all of our congregations from right across St George North, it's the one day of the year where I ask everyone who's a member of St George North, give up that Saturday kids sport, doesn't matter, you, you can miss a week. Uh, if you work, you've got months notice to, to change the day. Uh, just come together on that day because it is such an encouragement. We've got Simon Manchester coming to open the Bible with us next year, if people know Simon, uh, talking, uh, I've just had a mental blank on what he's speaking on but it will be great, uh, Josh will tell you later. Uh, so we're planning next year for Saturday the 23rd of March. Now you should have been saving the date already, uh but uh please lock it in but now you can sign up and we've made it so easy to sign up you can go to the website or you can scan the qr code and everyone knows how to scan a qr code now because of covid so it's all good uh so that's what we're launching today the big day out for 2024 uh so i don't and i do say i'm very serious when i say this there are many events in church life you can't always be at every one of them uh, your you're Sunday church every Sunday, gospel team during the week, but the one that every member of St George North would want to be at is the big day out. Third thing I just want to update you on is the Bexley Building Project. How can it be one of these updates without filling you in on what's happening at Bexley? Uh, as most of us would know at St George North, we, uh, by God's grace, inherited three sites. Uh, the one at Carlton and the one at Bexley North, we now have wonderful ministries happening at uh, so the two congregations here at uh, at Bexley North and three at Carlton. At Bexley at the moment, we have a small congregation on a Wednesday, which I am proud to call our sixth congregation. Some people here attend that on a Wednesday as well as here on a Sunday morning. Uh, but we don't have much else because the site is so run down. And as you know, for a couple of years now, we've been trying to develop it. Uh, and so I want to update you about that redevelopment. First of all, the good news, the good news is we now have all the council approvals. Praise God. Yeah. Uh, the slightly less good news is that the financial feasibility has got harder and harder due to COVID and the state of the economy, and in particular, what's happened with building costs over recent times. And so the project really now, in its current form, is dependent on a government grant for the childcare part of the project. I'm amazed by this, but the government will basically pay you to have a preschool. Uh, they'll, they'll pay for a preschool building, it's, it's amazing if you can get it uh, and we're waiting on that and it's due to come sometime in the next week. So can I ask you to devote yourselves to prayer for that because if that comes, suddenly that Bexley project is is viable and if you're, if you're wondering sort of why do we need that, sort of hey we've got spare seats here and, and, and so forth and, and spare room, the growth of our church is humanly speaking dependent on something like this happening uh, that we really are out of room at the Carlton site. Uh, people actually come on a Sunday morning, drive around the block four times, and go home because there's just not enough room and not enough parking. And on a Sunday night, uh, it is it, it, the the numbers there sort of go between 130 and 150, mainly young adults, uh, and that building is full with that. So uh, even when, when we expanded it, it was able to go from 100 but now it's 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 pretty full. Uh, and to be frank, there's not much room for growth here at, at Bexley North because it's only a very small building. Uh, we want to see all our congregations keep growing, but the problem is there's only so many services you can run on a Sunday at Carlton and Bexley North. Uh, so please be praying for that building project at Bexley. Fourth thing I want to talk about though is growing the gospel beyond St George North. I've talked about our vision for St George North, uh, but one of the things that brings me the greatest joy, strangely, is when we train people up for gospel ministry and send them away. Uh, as hard as it is, I just think that is the most joyful thing. Uh, I've been, as I said before, I've been here 20 years and we have sent so many people out to Moore College uh, to be trained for ministry here in Sydney and beyond. We've sent so many people with CMS for overseas uh, mission and I'm so excited that we're continuing to do that uh, I hope Josh and your words of affirmation will either affirm this or not I hope Josh has been filling you in on the plans for the Koning family a few people nodded at me that's good good that's them there Thomas pastors a church in the south of France uh, in a town called Albi which I'm not pronouncing right but anyway uh, he is looking to be trained and equipped to plant a church in Toulouse a biggest city in France uh, but they're just uh, not the sort of Bible-based churches and training focused on evangelism and discipleship in France that there are in Australia or in Sydney in particular. Uh, France is a, sadly, a gospel wasteland. The, the country that gave the church John Calvin, one of the greatest Christian thinkers of all time, there are very few Christian believers in France. So... Uh, I've been connected with Thomas sort of like as a coach of him through some Australian Mysteries in France to help him think through uh, how, to be, how to be a pastor and how to uh, work in his church, uh, but we're going to get the benefit of them coming and joining us for a sabbatical for seven months next year. But much more than the benefit uh, we get from just having them come, the benefit we get is helping them be trained and equipped to go back and uh, and plant that church in France. So please be continuing to pray about that. They're joining us in about a month. So uh, and and the answers to prayer there have been been wonderful. Second thing, how wonderful that we're going to have Lama. I hope we're going to there he is uh, back with us for a little bit. But then we're going to be sending him with CMS to go to Southeast Asia. Uh, as sad as that is, that we lose Lama, isn't that a great joy? It's one of the greatest joys, isn't it? Uh, I don't want to give you a big head here at uh, at Bexley North, but uh, I actually don't think there is a church that per capita has sent more people to the mission field in the last 15 years. I I actually think probably the number one church in Australia. We might not be the number one church in some other ways, but in this one, not and that's St George North, but especially there's something in the water here at Bexley North, if you think about it, you know, (laughs) the blouse, the newbies, now now uh, Lama, And, and as hard as it is to send people, uh we'd we'd much we'd like to have Lama here, wouldn't we? We'd like to have him playing the guitar and uh, preaching and all those sort of things. But isn't it something to praise God for? Uh third thing, something we're really passionate about is training up young people to equip them for ministry through MTS uh, ministry apprenticeships. Uh in fact, Lama's brother Natani is someone else we've sent out. He we sent him to did MTS here, we sent him to more college, now he's serving as an assistant minister at West Ride. Well, Emily Brown, who is known to many of you here because you're so involved in kids ministry, uh, Emily is finishing up MTNS this year and is starting at Moore College. Uh, so be praying for Emily, praise God, uh, but uh, we're not losing her, she's going to stick around for at least another year with us and, and in fact, to give her some different experiences, she's actually going to come and be a part of the ministry at 4.30 here at Bexley North uh, and uh, so be praying for her as she makes that change and she'll be, be a part of gospel teams here at Bexley North so some of you will continue to benefit from her ministry but then please be praying for someone you mightn't know or someone you might if your kids are in youth group which is Andrea, uh, Andrea Wan, she is starting MTS next year, this is just one of those wonderful stories Andrea became a Christian through a friend inviting her to snack youth on a Friday night many years ago uh, and uh, she's a part of our 630 congregation, I have a special place in my heart for Andrea because she has led Sophie our youngest through youth group from year six right through now to year 11 next year uh, and uh, so be praying for Andrea as she starts MTS and uh, you may well see her around as part of the kids ministry here and things like that but certainly as a part of youth and other things that's enough for me uh, really I hope you're just excited about all those things uh, God is good God's gospel is powerfully at work uh, and my prayer is that we will all be a part of that work in our own ways next year but uh, I'm going to hand over to Josh because he's going to lead us in prayer and then I think Lex is going to come and pray for us later in the service so thank you thanks for having me